so with subscription, as we have structured, there is a predictable life cycle of the product. You use this TV, no, not more, not less than two years, for example. Mm -hmm. Because brand has uh, decided that that's how you get most of benefits from the program. So they have designed this attractive way. So what now happens is like brand will get a lot of TVs to mine to produce new products or put them on the refurbishment line. And second is like if you take now the initial transaction, what it takes there, like if, you if, I, if the brand wants to give you a TV, he needs to understand uh, uh, a lot of things about you. Are you able to pay back monthly installments what they agreed on? Mm -hmm. uh, who you are, are you really you, mm -hmm. etc. So meaning all those complexity which is comes to the financing is, uh, is uh, solved uh, by the banking partners we have integrated in, into our platform. Hello, my name is Chris and I'm head of content at Nordic Fintech magazine. And to date, we have had the privilege of sitting down with over 70 dreamers who are bringing to life the financial system of the future. While we have learned and been excited by every single one of their visions, today's guest has not only managed to inspire us, but it has also amazed us with the sophistication of his thinking and the profound impact of his solution. Meet Fair Own, the Estonian fintech that is rethinking the financial model behind the product life cycles of the things we buy, from manufacturing all the way down to disposal. In this jaw-droppingly interesting chat with Hendrik Rusna, CEO and founder of Fairone, we learn how through a clever combination of the subscription economy and its advanced finance and tech capabilities, Fairone is making circularity a practical reality in markets around the world. And what is circularity, you may be asking? Well, think of how we usually consume products. 95% of all the energy required in the life cycle of a product is consumed in its production. And yet, after obsolescence, products are disposed of and forgotten, including all the metal, the silicon chips, and other components that could be reused. Pharaon is powering the finances that enable manufacturers to not only bend this linear economy into a closed-loop circle where there is no waste and where nothing drops out, but where they also build a healthy PL by planning a predictable product and component life cycles involving the use, retirement, and repurposing of every single part of their products. And this interview is worth every minute of your time. So, uh, Henrik, thank you so much for coming and meeting you. Um, it's great, great meeting you this morning. Nice to meet you. <laughs> okay. Uh, just before we start, mm -hmm. tell us just a little bit about you, who you are and what you do. I'm Hendrik. Um, have been interested and passionate about the financial technology which goes around products already almost two decades. Doing, um, have been doing businesses related to this across Europe, a little bit also in States was part of the Y Combinator in 2016, summer batch, etc. So have been on this space for a long time. Right. <laughs> and uh, last uh, more than four years, we have built out a subscription platform called Fairon, which helps uh, brands and uh, retailers turn more circular. So enable circular economy for right. the physical products. 
So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, okay. So I, I, I'd like to unpack that a little bit more as we go along, because so, there's there's a, a number of interesting uh, concepts that, that you mentioned there. But before we get to that, tell us what is Ferron's uh, core value proposition and what problem is it solving in the market? So Ferron is a financial technology company enabling circular economy. So linear economy is the one which we see around us now mm -hmm. where the products are produced and it takes like 95% energy cost to produce a product like from the 100% 95 is on production mm -hmm. and now this product is used by you would it be this one on the table or this one on the wall mm -hmm. nevertheless uh, they are used sometime and then they are like forgotten so that you don't want to use them anymore because they become slow you put them on the drawer you try to give it to your kid but he or she don't want it etc and and this goes basically waste the value goes waste uh, a lot of uh, silicon chips are going to waste a lot of metal frames everything what could be useful it could be useful for the next user it could be useful for uh, to use again to produce a new product but we are wasting it. That's called the linear economy. Right. So we are now bending this linear line into circle, which basically enables the brands who initially produced those products, would it be Apple's or would it be Samsung's or LG's, get those products back to the different kind of production line, not the one which is taking um, metals and making a product, but the one which is taking old products and enables them to have old products, to mine old products, to make new products. Mm -hmm. So they could first innovate, they could make the revenues their own shareholders, but they could also become more circular. Right. Because currently they have no way to see their own production ever. Okay. And, and perhaps for people that have not uh, heard the term of circular economy before, can you explain what's the difference between a circular economy and what we have come to know as recycling? Um, like circular economy is a concept, concept of having no waste. Yeah. In that sense that you have a product, it's used, it's used, it's used, it's recycled and the components are reused again. So right. meaning that it's like a closed loop, nothing drops out of this loop. Okay. If you take now recycling, mm -hmm. recycling is, is just a, a specific process which can happen also and should happen within the circular economy. Right. But it's just basically uh, recycling means taking this product into components and using those components one, like somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But uh, there is a recycling, there is a refurbishing, they are all elements of circular economy. Got it. Got it. That's the main difference. Okay, and then let's let's just unpack one of the other concepts that you introduced at the very beginning, which is the subscription economy. I think we all are familiar with some subscription services. We have Netflix and we have Apple and Spotify and that sort of things. But can you define in, in, in your terms, what do you mean by subscription when you talk about subscription <coughs> platform? Um, I was looking for this definition for a quite long time. Uh -huh. And uh, surprise, surprise, where did I found it? I found it from Wikipedia. Right. Uh, because people all uh, like often talk about subscription, but uh, uh, when they talk about subscription, they think about the rental, they think about all kinds of things. But uh, when you go look a little bit more closely, what it means in tells in Wikipedia, it's paying for access to some kind of value. 
So it comes from newspapers. So meaning you pay the monthly subscription to have a newspaper coming to your postbox. Like that was the historically where the world got started. And now we got used to pay, like have those digital services as subscriptions like Netflix and the Spotify and etc. And paying for the access is basically how it, if it, if it it's defined. And now you, when you take the physical products, like how do you can enable it for, for those ones, the TVs and the laptops and the phones and the gaming PCs and the fridges and the appliances and all those stuff that we all have in homes, for example. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? What are the options? And, and then you come into the uh, concepts like what possibly could be there, like would it be leasings, would it be rentals, would it be buy now, pay later with something else, etc. So subscription is access to value if you wish uh, to have this definition outlined as it is. Okay, and, and so how does Ferron enable its customers to, to benefit from the subscription economy? So if we look who are our customers, our customers are um, brands, retailers, the ones who actually know those products best. And uh, they kind of know already long time ago that customers are watching Netflix. That's not the news for them. The question is like, how do I make my TV, like use my TV as a Netflix program? How do I do a laptop like that, phone like that, etc. So the demand from the consumers has been there already some time. Uh, the ability to fulfill this demand haven't been there so far because we are st still know that most of the products are purchased regular way, you just online, offline, uh, whatever the channel is. But how do we enable it is basically we are the turnkey solution. So if they want to like, hey, I'm, for example, Samsung, and I want to offer my TV plus speakers as a subscription for my customer where they watch it like a TV couple of years and then switch it for the new one. So we enable to plug and play this solution across eight markets currently soon, more markets, so they can run those programs on our platform. Right. Um, okay. So I, I think we're going to be go jumping yeah. back and forth between yeah. the subscription and between circularity because I think there's a, there's mm -hmm. a number of things to, here to clarify. So um, the question I have is, if I, if I was cynical about yes. the way in which we produce products, I would say that the, the whole idea of not being able to circulate a product mm -hmm. is, is, is a feature of the business model, right? The, the obsolescence is built into many of the things that we buy because that's how companies make money. Now. How do you combine scalability with the idea of circularity uh, and, and how, do, how can companies grow, steal their, their profits and their margins and keep their, their stakeholders happy in a, in a circular economy? Mm, that's a very good question. So it depends how the circular economy is delivered. It can be delivered a couple of different ways. As I mentioned, there is a rental model, there is a leasing model, there is a like uh, the model what we are doing. So basically our model enables brands still to keep the sales revenue yeah. because that's how the income statements and balance sheets are built up. Mm -hmm. 
so they, for them, the shift is uh, simple from the sales side. Mm -hmm. And they have enough time because there is a cycle. So the products are not going to come to the brand back like tomorrow. Like with the rental model, you give some product to customer, you don't know when he gives it back to you because it's a rental. Yeah. You, you, it might happen tomorrow, it might happen never. Uh, so with subscription, as we have structured, there is a predictable life cycle of the product. You use this TV. No, not more, not less than two years, for example, mm -hmm. because brand has uh, decided that that's how you get most of benefits from the program. So they have designed this attractive way. So what now happens is like brand will get a lot of TVs to mine to produce new products or put them on the refurbishment line. And second is like if you take now the initial transaction, what it takes there, like if you want, if I, if the brand wants to give you a TV. He needs to understand uh, uh, a lot of things about you. Are you able to pay back monthly installments? What is agreed on? Uh, who you are? Are you really you? Etc. So meaning all those complexity which is comes to the financing is uh, is uh, solved uh, by the banking partners we have integrated in into our platform. Mm -hmm. So imagine that we come to. Uh, new market, we first integrate with the banking partner who will do all the needed uh, checks plus all the financing too. And, and uh, now this integration is in the place and brand typically is selling globally. So our customers are the ones who have like 100 or 150 different markets, each having different regulations, each having different um, like nuances if you want to uh, credit somebody. Mm -hmm. So basically we have the local experts, we have the local banks integrated into our platform on one hand and the other hand is like the ones who have the huge distribution power like the Samsungs and the LGs and the Apples and, and those kind of players. Right. So they can design the mm -hmm. end user offering on our platform and, and the banks are the one doing the financial risk assessments are basically deciding who gets it, who doesn't get it, this plan. Right, okay, that's that's really interesting. So if, if let's get really practical. So for yes. me as a consumer, as someone that might buy electronics <coughs> and clothes and maybe a TV every few years, um, what, what benefit can I experience or what will I be able to do differently uh, thanks to the to the availability of services like Ferrum that I couldn't do before? Uh, I will bring you a practical example from one of our first global customers. Uh, there is a tool company, Stiel, in uh, Germany, mm -hmm. who is producing from chainsaws to all kinds of stuff. And uh, they are also like a very big player in uh, robot uh, lawnmowers. The ones which, if you have a private house and you don't want to lawn your uh, lawn your um, grass, basically, then you get this machine. Yeah. If you want to get this machine, uh, it it takes somebody needs to actually come and put the wire around your garden so the machine would know where the like where to go. Right. And uh, what you should also do is like uh, in the winter time, for example, it needs some maintenance. It should be and 
because Danish people, for example, they have like rather small um, uh, houses. Uh, they don't want to have this li thing lying around in the winter, yeah. taking a garage space. <laughs> Uh, so what uh, Steel designed on our platform is concept called Steel All Inclusive, mm -hmm. which basically means that they will take the product, they will take the installation service, they will take the winter storages for four years, combine it together into one bundle, let's say it call, uh, costs like 2000 euros or whatever it is equivalent in the Danish kronos because we started it from Denmark actually right. okay. uh, three years ago and uh, now um, the bundle is published the bundle has like attractive monthly price point and the value proposition is basically click this button you have all this covered you uh, and you never need to pay the full bundle value because you only what we do is we will split this bundle value with 60 equal payments and let you so five years and we tell you that uh, you can use this bundle four years mm -hmm. then we still comes to you basically tells that hey we have new robots they are most, much more sub smarter uh, we will uh, like please uh, choose like do you want to have a like xyz model mm -hmm. and uh, we will bring it to you with all the services and we will pick up your old one and you are done basically as simple as wow. that and what uh, like our platform means basically that uh, steel has almost nothing there are no integrations between us and the steel basically all this uh, program runs on our uh, platform so they gave us basically pictures and the price points and the dealers who are coming there to do the work right so basically what do we do is like when you know uh, there is like steel all inclusive dot dk sweden finland etc so basically local domains and they are uh, inviting traffic into those uh, pages like facebook ads or whatever you see that hey this monthly price you get everything included and and you don't basically need to worry as a consumer steel keeps you up to date with the, their own uh, production line and you have a nice lawn and that's it okay. you click the button you choose the, uh, basically how big is your yard like what's what machine it needs to be uh, the dealer get notification that hey it's chosen please go and fulfill this order in this this house and the fair on sends money to this dealer for the, for the bundle basically right okay so if i understand this correctly then you're basically transforming the the ownership model you're you're turning certain things that we've come to get be used to owning into a service right yes okay so that's basically called the circular economy in that sense bending mm. the bending the circular because otherwise the robot otherwise the phone otherwise the underlying product would have been just staying there nobody knows what would have happened with them yes of course of course well that, that's that's a really really interesting model um, let me then ask you yes in, in your website you talk about uh this is a circular economy and a subscription uh, platform for environmentally conscious companies yes so so the question i have for you is can any company be part of the circular economy or is this reserved for a certain profile or typology of companies? Um, the products need to have uh, quality, mm -hmm. like for example steel is a good example. So we built up this program. What it means now, 
still has access of predictable amounts of used robots four years from now. Initially, there is like 100 robots, they have nothing to do with them. They have Wuyar coming in, who is basically uh, finding next home to those robots and solving this. Uh, when comes 10,000 robots back, by that time they already have a assembly line in place for the new factory what they are building. So basically what they can do now is they, they can skip buying from China the metal, they can skip buying the um, precious metals or chips from wherever they are buying it from. Uh, they can just take everything from their own robot, yeah. use as much as they can and uh, here you go. You have uh, steel owners can have sales revenue without uh, generating waste. Right. You're essentially changing something in the way in which the end consumer is used to operate. Basically, you're changing a behavior or you're offering something that requires a behavioral change from, from yes. the customer. So what are the, the challenges that you've encountered in bringing a product to market that requires a significant uh, shift in the way in which people consume products? Um, the main uh, reason why we are working with these big brands mm -hmm. is that the consumers already trust those big brands. So if we are bringing those, uh, our solution to you on Apple homepage, on a steel homepage, on a LG homepage, uh, we, we give you like a good argumentation, uh, good argumentation in also like affordability perspective, sustainability, circularity perspective. Uh, yeah, we know that all the consumers are not going to change the ways they are consuming. There are still principles of early adapters, so mm -hmm. you need to capture more than 10% to get uh, to masses yeah. in a couple of years. Uh, and we have done it, so basically we, we have captured uh, in those channels our solution is uh, available. So the brands who have integrated it with it, they're capturing like a massive uh, amount of their own sales under those programs. Right, right. So the main, like if you ask what is the main problem, I would say it, it takes time to consumers to and, and to like understand it, mm -hmm. to understand uh, that um, that's why, for example, our program has different names in different partners. Mm -hmm. So Steel calls it all inclusive. So mm -hmm. think about the hotel where everything is included. Yeah. For the monthly, uh, for a price point, and you basically just care about your loan being nice. That's basically the yeah. underlying uh, value proposition, like, yeah. and you want like do you really want to think about the services what you need to, to get this thing done do you want to choose them do you want to find them negotiate them etc like yeah no. all inclusive kind of feels better right so if customer get it then good to go second one uh, second largest uh, consumer electronics retailer complete who who is especially biggest in Norway, but they are second biggest in across Nordics. So they integrated with us mm -hmm. into complete.norway uh, and complete.sweden. Webhallen is to follow on this uh, autumn uh, concept called Flex, mm -hmm. which basically means that you can get your iPad with, uh, with a purchase 
or you can take it on a flex. What the flex means basically that you get the product but you also get some additional flexibility. Right. Which basically means you use it a couple of years and then uh, complete uh, invites you to choose your new iPad and uh, you get your new iPad then you do the data transfer etc and then you hand back the used iPad to us basically. Right. Which will now offset your outstanding balance for the used iPad if you kept in a good working condition and, and, and uh, yeah, sent, sent it to us. We've seen that perhaps sometimes with the, with the subscription economy, there's, there's an issue with cancellations, right? Once, mm -hmm. once I get a, a service, I realize that I haven't used it, I, can, I cancel it, and then winning that customer back becomes quite challenging for, for organizations. So how does FairOwn deal with this cancellation uh, issue that we see within subscriptions? Now the, it comes back to the definition. What the subscription was, uh, was access to value. Uh, it doesn't uh, always mean that the success uh, for value needs to be uh, like fully flexible, do whatever you want. Because if you want to provide something like that, for the digital assets it's more easier. Yeah. Because no, like it's once produced and they basically, if I want to watch it, this movie, like nobody needs to reproduce this right. movie because I want to watch it. With the uh, like hardware, it's different. Yes. Because it has a uh, lot of uh, work already put into this. Mm -hmm. So basically, what we are doing is we are putting this flexibility into, into like a frame. Yeah. So, yes, you can get out of this plan early or late, but then you basically end up paying uh, the retail value of whatever was there. Like, or basically, the le you are getting less savings. Yeah. if you don't follow this program. If you follow basically the recommended cycle of usage, which is given to you by the brand who actually knows this product better. He knows the warranty, he knows even the screws, what they mm. use to you put it together. He knows what's going to happen with it. Mm. He, he will give you the best practice. He will give you this timeline, what you should use it as a first user. Yeah. And then they take it back and make it ready for the next user. If you use it too long, it's no good for the, I don't know, uh, school uh, kid who wants to have it as a as first device, for example. Yeah. So if you, uh, it's not about providing ultimate flexibility. It's about being a good citizen in that sense, taking good care of the 95% of the energy what mm -hmm. was put into this uh, product. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, uh, less to do with hey i don't want it anymore yeah it's it's more to do like hey it was like expensive thing for the environment to put together this uh, uh, product because just giving you one example if you take iphone mm -hmm. can you guess how much water is used to produce one iphone Eighty thousand liters. <laughs> Eighty thousand liters per yes. iphone yes and that, that's on your you uh, like it's it's on your table basically it's 80,000 liters 80,000 resources of our joint like water is not coming from anywhere it's like our water on the globe and you have it and now you better take good care of this product what's on your uh, possession like uh, and uh, use it and uh, use it according to the guidelines of the one who actually made it mm -hmm. and then and it further in a good working condition for the next user who, who can still use it like yeah. for, for a couple of years yeah. and then 
let's make sure that it doesn't stay in somewhere like ah oh, yeah, I threw it in the box for the extra phone like yeah it's like 80,000 of liters now it's there it's losing value that right. is and if it goes to the if it goes to the waste just like that it, it will end up also in the landfill and so you end up uh, generating even more problem than yeah you you do 80,000 liters of water and, and that here it is <laughs> Wow! Wow, that really puts things into perspective. Um, let's let's switch gears a little bit yes. now. I, I want to ask you, what would you say is the difference between a fintech that is part of a circular economy and, and another type of fintechs? I would even put the fintechs into like more wider categories. Mm -hmm. So meaning, there are companies who are built to profit their owners, profit their investors, profit basically the ultimate beneficiaries of those companies, let's put yeah. it. Um, and they are doing it by providing value to the customer. For example, selling something, I bought the coffee downstairs, they sold me coffee, I gave them money, basically they gave me value, they can give the return to the coffee shop owner, mm -hmm. basically. There are that kind of companies and I would say that currently, in the current world, it, it seems that uh, like those are the most kind of businesses. There is no Mm. other dimension there mm -hmm. but with Fairone and, and there are not only us but uh, there, there are companies who have something uh, more higher as a purpose right so yeah we want to bring return to, to beneficiaries of, uh, of our company but it's not why we are here mm -hmm there is something more and for us it's a circular economy i would say that for some companies for example like like enable like inclusion for example financial inclusion like people who don't have access to the banking services and bring the access mm -hmm. i could say those financial technology companies are doing it because of doing good mm -hmm. not only because of like profit yes uh, so i would say that uh, we believe that more value is in this category. For example, if you take Klarna. Mm -hmm. Klarna uh, was there to enable customers to try before they buy, basically. Uh -huh. That was the initial value proposition. It's kind of like uh, <laughs> when the internet came, you wanted to order something, it was basically making a, a breach of trust between yeah. the seller and the buyer. Yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't happen. I, I would call it in some sense, uh, uh, like historically it was good, now it's overconsumption, so it kind of went uh, to the, <laughs> the kind of sideways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because it, but nevertheless, the overall initial, initial idea there was good. Right. So I would say there are, like, if you look closely, there are difference between the company who is there to make money mm -hmm. uh, or the company there who is like really building some additional good for the environment, for the for the people around us, etc. So fintech with a purpose. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. Okay, just just to close, tell us what's your vision for Faron and what what role do you expect it to play in the in the in the larger uh, fintech ecosystem within the next five years? I would say that the uh, fintech ecosystem is maybe even like too uh, narrow. I would say that uh, uh, we want to be 
the single contact point for the brands who want to run their subscriptions across the world. Uh, yeah, initially if you take Fiverr, Vision, etc., then we are probably covering Europe. Yeah. Maybe also doing something in States. Uh, but uh, the idea is that if you are good in producing your products, like that's the core business what you are good at. Like you can make a really nice iPad, you can make a really nice camera or stand. Uh, do that, integrate our platform and uh, then you can uh, build much deeper relationship with your users who are subscribing for the value of Canon, for the value of Apple, for the value of HP, whatever the brand is. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we are there to, to enable it. Yeah. So th that's what we do because it's, uh, it's so much easier to use us to be, than to build out all this infrastructure what we have made possible across eight markets so far and going further. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a fantastic ambition to have. And uh, Henrik, it's been really nice meeting you. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you. <laughs> all right.